0: We'd like to welcome you back to our third, I believe, final part of the current event in Bible study for March 21st, 2010. Next article is one entitled, The Worldwide War on Baby Girls. Um, Xinran Zhu, a Chinese writer, describes visiting a peasant family in the Yiming area of the Shedong province. The wife was giving birth. And she says, quote, we scarcely sat down in the kitchen, she writes, when we heard a moan of pain from the bedroom next door. The cries from the inner room grew louder and abruptly stopped. There was a low sob, and then a man's gruff voice said, accusingly, quote, useless thing. End of quote. Suddenly, I thought I heard a slight movement in the slop pail behind me. Miss Zinran remembers, quote, to my absolute horror, I saw a tiny foot poking out of the pail. The midwife must have dropped that tiny baby alive into the slop's pail, which is where they would put human excrement and urine. I nearly threw myself at it. Can you imagine? But the two policemen who had accompanied me held my shoulders in a firm grip, and they said, quote, don't move, you can't save it, it's too late. She said, but that's a murder, and you're the police. The little foot was still now. The policeman held on to me for a few more minutes. Quote, doing a baby girl is not a big thing around here. An older woman said comfort, comfortingly. Comforting How could someone, doing a baby girl is not a big thing around here? And then she says, that's a living child. Or she said, the lady, that's a living child. I said in a shaking voice pointing at the slop's pail. They said, it's not a child, she corrected me, this elderly lady. It's a baby girl, and we can't keep it. Around these parts, you can't get by without a son. Baby girls don't count, end of quote. Man, that that, that is beyond sickening. And again, if you don't know about these things, how can you even pray about it? But this goes on all over the planet, in different various places. In July 2010, the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences showed what can happen to a country when baby girls don't count. Within ten years, the Academy said one in five young men would be able to find a bride because of the dearth of young women. A figure unprecedented in a country at peace. The number is based on the sexual discrepancy among people between the age 19 and below. According to this organization, China in 2020 will have 30 to 40 million more men of this age than young women. Gendercide, to borrow a title of the 1985 book by Marianne Warren, is often seen as an unintended consequence of chi- China's one-child policy. Now this is more fruit from the whole depopulation uh, thing that we had talked about earlier, that you know, people like Ted Turner and the Gates Foundation. This is more fruit of that, this one-child policy. Parts of India have sex ratios as skewed as anything to its northern neighbor. Other eastern countries, South Korea, Singapore, Taiwan, have peculiarly high numbers of male births. So since the collapse of the Soviet Union, have former communist countries in the Caucasus and the Western Balkans. Even subsets of the American population are following suit though not the population as a whole. The real cause, argues Nick Eberstadt, a demographer at the American Enterprise Institute, a think tank in Washington, D.C., is not any country's particular policy, but the fateful collision between male and male son preference, the use of rapidly spreading prenatal sex determination technology, and declining fertility. These are global trends, and the selective destruction of baby girls is global also. How sickening is this? What an abomination in the sight of God is this? You actually wait until the baby comes, and then you just throw it in a slop pail? This is unconscionable. I mean, this is just, un- and yet it goes on probably by the thousands every day. How incredibly sad this is! Um, you you've got then you've got as far as the infertility thing goes. I just gave you some instances where they're using this GMO corn, the vaccines to create infertility. There's certain um, synthetic B vitamins that create infertility. There's all kind of chemicals, gender bending chemicals that they're putting in the the food and the water, particularly that leaches from plastics, those plastic water bottles and things of this nature that causes infertility. There's a And again, infertility is a goal for these devils that are at the top and they know exactly what they're doing. So, again, it's just one more thing to pray about in this sick, sick world that we live in. This was from George Norrie. I get his I get his emails every day. I like to kind of keep an eye on who he's interviewing because, like, he interviewed Benjamin Krem that time, and sometimes he has some, some decent interviews on there. Um, and some most of the time what George Norrie is is a platform for the biggest New Age, uh, a lot of times they're just nothing more than occultists. Most of them are. Clair- clairvoyant, trans-channelers, people that have supposed constant interaction with aliens or... or Intermittent interaction, uh, people that are involved in the occult and in, you know, that's really what it's it's a it's a a a, um, a show for is really promoting the new age and the occult as far as I am concerned. Well, this is on March ninth, two thousand and ten, and this was what I was was sent to me. This is just the first couple paragraphs. Here's who they're interviewing tonight. It said a UFO researcher and abductee, Jim Maroni, discussed his profound ET encounter meaning extraterrestrial, and how aliens are waiting in the wings to save humanity from a crisis that create that awaits us. Which is kind of like the whole V thing. The whole V thing that I think they're going to come out with some more episodes pretty soon here on the V thing. And what's the theme there? They're here to save humanity. Okay. Recalling his 1987 abduction experience, he describes the entities on the ship as having large heads with no hair Very thin necks and leathery skin. Um, Unlike most traditional accounts of E.T. abductions, Moroni said these creatures had blue eyes as opposed to commonly cited black eyes and also spoke English to him in very short sentences. Moroni explained that at the onset of the abduction, he was initially very angry about being taken. However, one of the entities stepped forward and spoke to him, making him, quote, instantly calm. Now, listen to this. This is just unbelievable. From that point forward, once he was instantly calm, he followed their commands as if he were hypnotized. Moroni said he was taken to a room where he underwent a series of medical procedures that were so horrific, quote, so horrific for me that I thought I was going to die, end of quote. And subsequently blacked out. So these devils, and this, happen, this has happened to 2-3% to, three, two to 3% of the population, has, has admitted to this that they have been abducted. Are they all insane? You need to listen to my teaching on the Grenada Treaty that I did. And you can find it on contendingfortruth.com, in the archives section, in the teaching section, or go up to YouTube and Key and Scott Johnson, Grenada. They go aboard these things, and this is typical. This is typical. You ever see that show Fire in the Sky? It's typical. They abduct them and they do the most horrific medical procedures where they biopsy tissue, they literally slice you open, they do whatever they want, and there's no anesthesia. They're trying to inflict the maximum amount of horror that they can. And literally, this has happened to millions of people. Then it says, upon regaining consciousness, he met a taller feminine being who said, quote, we don't understand your anger. Oh, okay, let me get this straight, Mr. Alien, Uh, you devil from the pit of hell. Uh, You come, you forcibly abduct me, you hypnotize me, and then you do all these horrific medical procedures on me, and you don't understand my anger. (laughs) Listen to this, it gets better. Then, after the feminine being said, we don't understand your anger, feeling guilty, Maroney tried to apologize. Man, you talk about a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Feeling guilty? These are nothing more than, than devils from the pit of hell, essentially. Feeling guilty, Moroni tried to apologize, but was enveloped in an immense feeling of love and compassion before he could finish speaking. The abduction ended soon thereafter, and upon returning to the craft where they had found him, he felt a sense of camaraderie and friendship with the ETs. Maybe, hopefully he got like some kind of group pitcher before he got off the, got off the saucer. You know, arm-in-arm. Yeah, these are my buddies. Maybe wear one of those beer hats with the beer things on the sides. They're all wearing those. It would be a nice... Kind of a group hug, maybe. And this is a guy going around saying that they're waiting in the wings to save humanity from a crisis that awaits us. Hollywood, otherwise known as Hollywood, has pretty much sent a very similar picture. Now, sometimes they portray them as they are as wicked devils from the pit of hell essentially evil but many many times they're pre- they're they're presented as just this waiting in the wings to save humanity from a crisis that awaits us matreya's last newsletter up on share international i'm not going to read it I, i've read a lot of it. it's kind of a rehash this month or for the month of march of what They've said a lot in times past. Yes, the Space Brothers are going to accompany us after Maitreya makes his big debut. Yes, they're here for our good. Yes, they're here to work in on, on the side to kind of help humanity. Yes, they're going to make a public appearance. And they're going to... They're literally subservient to Maitreya. That's how Cher International and Krem and a lot of the New Agers portrayed this. So they're conditioning us with, through all these movies, through all these miniseries, through all these things in order to accept when they do make their big debut. So, this is what we're facing here. This is just one of the more coming delusions that are upon the horizon, that most likely we will, as Christians, have to deal with, and most Christians aren't going to have a clue as to how to deal with it, because they've never been educated or taught what these things are, and how to deal with them, and uh, the best way I would know to deal with one of these doubles if you ever saw any type of manifestation would be to take a King James Bible and point it him and say I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at the way that Michael, the archangel, contended with Lucifer, or Satan, the Bible says that he did not bring a railing accusation against him, but he said the Lord rebuke you. I would add to that and say the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. How did Jesus respond to Satan in the, in the uh, wilderness? Well, he quoted scripture. Quoted scripture. Every time Satan brought up some type of temptation, he quoted scripture back to him. That's why it's important to memorize scripture. Because if you don't memorize, it's not going to be there for the Holy Spirit, which is the Comforter, to bring it into your remembrance so you can quote it back to him. That's how I memorize scripture. I just memorize it, and then it's kind of like it's there, and then when something comes up, the Holy Spirit brings it into my remembrance. It's what the Bible says that he'll do. So, I'm not saying I've got all the scripture I want memorized by any stretch of the imagination, but um, he's the one that actually helps to accomplish that process. But you can't just go to bed and sleep on a Bible and expect it to osmosis through your skull and get in there. I mean, I guess God could do that, but typically that's not the way it happens. You've got to put forth some effort as well, so... um, even if, if, you do, if you try to memorize even one scripture a week, uh, at the end of 52 weeks, you've got 52 scriptures memorized. One scripture reeks not that much. And again, I need to practice what I preach more because I don't have enough scripture memorized. But um, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a weapon. It's a sword. It's the actual sword of the Spirit. I've heard of people that have had confrontations with these things, and the only ones that I have ever seen, the only way to ever avert a quote, alien abduction... Are people that like at one point they weren't saved and then they got saved and then what ends up happening is typically this is how it happens when the, when these things these entities enter your room and a lot of times I believe they're interdimensional they're literally from like the spirit world into our world they're coming from their dimension into our dimension they cry out to Jesus Christ and it's like throwing hot lava on those things on the grays or whatever, however form they manifest themselves, where some kind of reptile, gray, whatever, it's like literally throwing burning, scalding, molten lava on them. That just goes to show you who they're subservient to. That goes to show you where the real power is. I've told you that, that um, uh, it's not a story, but it actually happened to me, where I was literally, I believe, I had the angel of death at the foot of my bed. I told you that story before. And one word out of my mouth, and all it was is Jesus, because that's all I could get out of my mouth, because I was paralyzed from head to toe. I couldn't breathe, couldn't talk, was barely even able to open my eyes. One word out of my mouth, and it was all gone. I'm really glad I went through that, because it increased my faith, and it showed me how much power I, as a Christian, possess through Jesus Christ. Not in myself, lest any man should boast, but through Jesus Christ, His blood, how much power we possess against the forces of evil. So, anyway. Next article. Girl Scouts Distribute Planned Parenthood Sex Guide at UN. And I've got the the logo for this right here. It says healthy, happy, and hot. And it's a young person's guide to their rights. Sexuality and living with HIV. Oh, isn't that something we should all embrace? Living with HIV. You're not going to believe what this thing says. This is why, the Girl Scouts have totally been turned over to an absolute total reprobate. And I imagine Boy Scouts just as well. Uh, But they have got all kind of pagan Mother Gaia stuff now built into the Girl Scouts. If you're in it, if you know anybody, I would warn them. Because it's turned into an absolutely, just, just about satanic at this point. The World Association of Girl Scouts and Girl Guides hosted a No Adults Welcome panel at the United like the adults should have no right to see what they're what they're gonna to try to brainwash them into as girl scouts. The adults should have the first right to find out what their child is being exposed to. So this was a no adults welcome panel at the United Nations this week where Planned Parenthood, the devil, Satan himself, Planned Parenthood, the number one abortion provider in America, and also in other parts of the world, Planned Parenthood was allowed to distribute a brochure entitled Healthy, Happy, and Hot. The event was part of an annual United Nations Commission on the Status of Women, which concludes this week the brochure contains explicit and graphic details on sex as well as promotion of casual sex in many forms. The brochure claims there are lots of different ways to have sex and lots of different types of sex. There's no right or wrong way to have sex. Just have fun. Explore and be yourself. Now, the other stuff it says, I can't even say. It gets so graphic on the brochure. The brochure also tells the students that the national laws, this is the most unbelievable statement of them all. The brochure tells them, that the national laws requiring HIV-positive people to reveal their status to their partners quotes, violates the rights of people living with HIV. What? You mean that somebody that has HIV shouldn't have to tell their partner because it violates the person with HIV's rights? What about the person they're going to infect? I mean, this is absolute, total insanity! And calls for an adv- adv- advocacy advocacy to change the laws that violate your rights. Oh, we need to change those laws. Anybody that has HIV should be able to conceal it. It's a violation of their rights. They should be able to go and affect anyone they have they, they feel like. This is how AIDS spread so much. They they traced AIDS down. And I understand I've said this before in times past it was actually created. And it was given to the vaccines, to the um, gay male population, hepatitis B vaccines, in, I believe, Chicago, San Francisco, and New York in the late 70s. That was how it was primarily spread. Dr. Len Horowitz has done all the research on this. I don't advise you getting into his new age rhetoric at all. Okay, But he's done more research in that area. And he has all the documentation to prove that. Dr. Lynn Horowitz on HIV and AIDS and how it was actually created. It was created in a laboratory, spread through the vaccinations. That was a big depopulation thing. Why should that surprise you after what I've told you today about all the other ways they've tried to depopulate the planet? It really is that bad. It really is. I hate to say it. This is a tickle-your-ears type of stuff we get into. It's really horrific. I wish the world wasn't this way. I wish I didn't have to do this. But I've got no choice. I've got no choice knowing this stuff. I've got to bring it out. I'm supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness. I'm supposed to manifest them. I'm supposed to warn the people. If I see the sword coming to the city, is this not a sword? It's a form of it. It's a form of plague. So, it's it's just unbelievable. So, then it goes on, this brochure goes on and it says, there are many reasons that people do not share their HIV status. They may worry that people will find out something else that they have kept secret. What? Then it says, like they're using injectable drugs. Oh, what like you're a heroin addict with AIDS, which is very common. IV drug users are the highest the ones that have the highest rate of AIDS, even higher than, than gay male men. This is why it started through the gay male population, because it was given to them via the hepatitis B vaccine in the late 70s in those areas that I talked about. And then I what I had heard, and it was well known, there was one guy, he was like a stewardess, real, real supposedly good-looking gay guy that worked on one of these planes, and he got AIDS. And this was before anybody knew what it was. And he would go around, and like most gay male men, he had the morals of an alley cat. In fact, that would probably be an insult to an alley cat. And he would go to these gay male bathhouses and go from city to city and sleep with as many guys as would sleep with him. And he had a lot of suitors, evidently. I mean, it's such a disgusting, despicable lifestyle. Well, he was, he almost, I shouldn't say single-handedly, but he probably did more to spread AIDS, that one guy, than anybody in recorded history of the disease. He had a ton to do with it. And I guess he was the guy, you know, that that had a lot, obviously, it would have spread anyway. But if we go further, uh, let's see. It says, okay, so they may worry that people will find out something else that they have kept secret. Like they're using injectable drugs, having sex outside of marriage, or having sex with people of the same gender. The Girl Scouts, along with the YWCA have been co-moderating a Young Woman's Caucus that includes an intergenerational conversation side event on the universal access and reproductive health. So, lump the Girl Scouts, the YWCA, the United Nations, all of them together. Also, at CSW last week, the heads of various powerful UN agencies, including the UN Population Fund, the UN Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, or UNESCO, the UN's Children's Fund and the World Health Organization released a UN joint statement under the name of the UN Adolescent Girls Task Force, which calls for their agencies to promote programs that, quote, empower adolescent girls, particularly those aged 10 to 14. Empower them. What, so that they can go around and have unprotected sex? One of the chief priorities for empowerment is ensuring access to life skills based sex education, HIV prevention, and sexual and reproductive health. So they're, in, they're encouraging girls from 10 to 14 to make sure that, you know, yeah, go ahead, have that sex, just be, you know, safe. The reality is, is they would want them to get infected. Because these are all the same people, the UN, UNESCO, the World Health Organization, are all the same ones that are behind the the depopulation. See, Satan knows if he can defile the youth to the maximal extent, then that same generation is going to grow up. A lot of them will just die because they'll get infected or they'll have all these horrific diseases. And the other ones will be so demonically infested that they'll have no problem bowing down and worshiping the Antichrist and taking the mark of the beast. That's why we have Harry Potter and all this Twilight garbage and all these things that are programmed, all this vile music that's programmed to defile humanity, and particularly the youth. Satan wants to get them as soon as he can. The New York Times recently reported that the UN Population Fund had co-sponsored a very controversial curriculum with UNESCO. Listen to this. The UN Population Fund Co-sponsored a controversial curriculum with UNESCO that included teaching children as young as five to be sexually active and training adolescents to advocate for abortion. May the Lord Jesus Christ rain down His holy fury on these devil organizations. I pray the people within them be saved if it be possible. But if not, I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, you shoot at them with an arrow that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider of your doing. And the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in you. And all the upright in heart would glory. That's from Psalm 64. If it be possible, I pray their souls be saved. But God knows the beginning from the end. He knows who's saved and who's not going to be saved. And in the Bible, when God's righteous fury and when his judgment came down on wickedness like this, guess what? Many people, every single time, they would get right with God, and many people would get saved, and many people would be converted. God's judgment always brings about positive things, but we don't look at it that way. The church doesn't teach it that way. And if you want to know more about imprecatory prayers, just go up on the, on the internet or contending for truth and Key and Scott Johnson and imprecatory prayers. It's just something that's hardly ever talked about, and it's in the Bible and it needs to be addressed. Wendy Wright, president of Concerned Women of America, told Friday Facts that, quote, governments and NGOs should be aware of the Planned Parenthood's insidious plan to work with the UN agencies and girls' organizations in order to profit from encouraging kids to be sexually active. I mean, teaching children as young as five to be sexually active? Who are they gonna be active with? Another five year old? Like they would have any of those desires or inclinations? No, but I I guarantee a grown man who's a pedophile would have no problem there. Who are they gonna be active with? A five year old? It's not gonna happen. This is the this is the epitome of demented sickness, perversion. But it's the day and time we live in. Here's another example of that. It's called the Shameless Abortion Carnival. If anyone was looking for self-righteous extreme feminists, they found one in Angie Jackson. This is a woman who was so proud she was aborting her baby that she announced that she would tweet her chemical cocktail abortion live as it happened on Twitter. When you're on Twitter and you send messages, it's called tweeting. The liberal media found this made-for-TV slaughter fascinating. And not a, at all a controversy worthy of discussing with two sides, no. Newsweek's Sarah Cliff proclaimed, quote, 100,000 people have watched Angie Jackson's abortion. Late last month, Jackson posted a video of herself on YouTube recording after she took the RU-486, a medication used to terminate pregnancies. It's the morning-after pill. Oh, you go out and you have unprotected sex. Well, hey, just abort the baby in the womb right then, right now. Take the pill. Cliff asked only why shame remains. Why would shame remain about the act of killing one's baby? Jackson was honored for her courage in, quote, demystifying and destigmatizing the procedure. Quote, we need 10,000 more of her, proclaimed Peg Johnston chair of something called Abortion Care Network. Now, I'm giving you these names so that you can pray about this. Not just so we can get righteous and The desire for 10,000 more unashamed abortions is what pro-choice is all about. No, it should be called pro-death. Because you're killing the baby. I'm pro for killing my baby because it's my body, my choice. That's their argument. It's pro-death. Call it what it is. They call the other side anti-abortion. No, it's pro-life. It's a child, not a choice. You either murder your baby, or you don't murder your baby in the womb. Newsweek devoted just one more sentence, just one sentence to the, to the rebuttal of Silent No More, a website where women tell a different abortion story and now speak publicly of their shame and regret. But women are increasingly coming forward everywhere. Just like the original Jane Roe, Norma McCorvey publicly admitted the horror of, her, of their actions and genuinely penitent and genuinely forgiven. This is the Roe versus Wade, this is how we got it. All legalized? Well, that woman repented. Jane Rowe. Now, I hope to God this Angie Jackson does the same. But these stories aren't deemed noteworthy. We can only have the satanic side presented. CNN interviewed Angie Jackson on the morning of March 8th, and they were explicit in rejecting any notion that Jackson deserved any kind of rebuttal. Anchor Kyra Phillips declared after the interview that, as, quote, you can imagine, we received a lot of response about even doing this story because abortion is such a controversial issue. And we really don't want to get into the debate about abortion. But rather, look at what people are doing now, using social networking. They're using Twitter to broadcast the the slaughter of their babies. That's like a good thing. Oh, we're so liberal, We're, we're we're so mature, and we've got it so together... That we can go and we can commit murder right online and it's a good thing. And how dare they ever try to, to uh, judge us for anything. So that's a unique concept. Abortion is so controversial that we feel it's best to only let one side talk is what they're saying. And that's the side that's taking a child's life on camera. Phillips rushed to proclaim that the most savage part of Jackson's abortion was the pro-lifer comments. That was the most savage part. Was the pro-lifer comments? It's like what I saw today um, on the morning show. They came on and they showed um, they showed people protesting, but most of the people that were protesting were holding up, you know, uh, pass the bill signs, not not the other. And they said these terrible people that are against this bill. They shouted racial slurs at some of the black congressmen or whatever. In And one guy got spit on and all this other thing. And, like, that's representative of what the average person is out there doing. And it's not. But they've got it any time they, and who knows if it's even true? They're such liars. But any time that they can present any um, argument against the side of righteousness, and in this case, listen, I understand, none of us are perfect, but this bill is flat out evil that Obama's trying to pass. It's flat out evil. So if you're against it, you are at least on the cause of righteousness. Whether you're a Buddhist, Catholic, whatever. Okay? I'm not saying they're not going to hell, and I pray to God they don't go to hell, but what I'm saying is, in this particular instance, they are on the cause of righteousness. Okay? Doesn't mean, mean, again, bear that in mind, what I'm saying. It's a proviso. But, These type of people don't typically come out and and cuss people out and spit on them or whatever. But that's the only thing you're going to hear. Because they have got to present the average American... And see, the vast majority of Americans want or want to reject this bill. It's the vast majority. But they want to paint them in this radical um, viewpoint where they're demonized. So this is how they... This is the same thing we're dealing with here. Exactly the same thing. Um... That's where where they're saying that the most savage part of Jackson's abortion was the pro-lifer comments. And then the anchor woman warned, these are really harsh, but people wrote in and said, and called you all kinds of names. And again, this is the same devil rhetoric that we get from the mainstream devil media. From being a whore to someone who just couldn't keep her legs closed. They called you a baby killer. Well, she is all of that. I hate to say it, but I mean, the reality is is, is she is. I mean, I'm not... Listen, I was unsaved, and I did a lot of things I'm ashamed of in times past as well. Okay, If I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. I'll, I'll state that right off the bat. But the reality is, is, is if we're going to call her what she is, I mean, it's pretty accurate. And then she says, I mean, it's even hard for me to say these things because some of those, the emails and responses were so brutal. Now, as brutal as abortion? What about the baby that was slaughtered? Worse than that, Phillips never acknowledged that pro-lifers most certainly filled Twitter and the heavens with their hopes and prayers for her. But CNN ignored those comments. Now, this is an excerpt from the, from the teaching I did on witchcraft and how it's actually um, witchcraft, or abortion and witchcraft and how the two are absolutely, intricately tied together. Whether it's in an abortion clinic, whether it's in your own womb from one of these morning-after pills, whether it's from a coat hanger... Whatever way you, you commit abortion, it's all the same abomination in God's eyes. I'm going to read this to you. Witchcraft is an ancient religion requiring child sacrifice which has resurfaced in our day. A revive, not to say resurface has always been going on, but it's really resurfaced now. There's been over a billion children that have been sacrificed since the early 1900s. And those are the ones they would admit to through abortion. Now, I understand a lot of those were, were ones that probably tried to do it themselves. But the fact remains, according to to the statistics that they admit to, there's been a billion children sacrificed since the early 1900s, and that's probably way over that by now. Who knows, it may be two billion. A revival of neo-paganism has brought with it a revival of human sacrifice in the form of abortion. Human sacrifice. And, uh, you know, again, I believe that's how all these people, like Ted Turner the gates, all these Rockefellers, Rothschilds, all these devil people at the top who are finding and devising all these different, various, and sundry ways to kill us, this is what they're viewing us as, as human sacrifices, literally to Satan. This is how they practice their religion. You might practice your religion by going to church on Sunday. Well, this is how they practice generational Luciferianism which is what typically they were brought up into. It's bloodline generational Luciferianism, and they've been practicing it for literally thousands of years. And you can go all the way back to the Tower of Babel to find out when it started. A revival of neo-paganism has brought with it a revival of human sacrifice in the form of abortion. A brief study of cities where abortion on demand is prevalent reads like a metaphysical road map. In each inquiry, we did not have to dig for facts. Information on the relationship between witchcraft and abortion industry was offered with little resistance. Now, this girl here that just sacrificed her her baby, if, she's into, if she was into Harry Potter growing up and the brainwashing of the public school system and now Twilight, well, she's already been indoctrinated. You're telling me she wouldn't have been exposed to any of that? Do you think there's spirits that emanate and operate through those things and those spirits might be emanating and influencing her to... to value human life is cheap and nothing, and I can do whatever I want because it's my body? What about the body of your unborn child? They they don't have any rights? Well, it's a good thing your mother didn't do that to you, or you wouldn't have been born. That's what I said to my mom. I mean, up until, I, 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 I she got saved at the end, but, you know, she was pro-abortion. She gave money to Planned Parenthood for a long time. And when this subject would come up, I said, you know, Mom, um, I know you're for abortion, but I said, I bet you're glad I didn't abort Taylor. Oh, that would shut her up. Or, Mom, would you have preferred I aborted Taylor? Oh, that shut him up real quick. You know, she loved her granddaughter, but see, it got the point, drove the point home in her head that, you think about it, Mom, what if you had aborted me? I wouldn't have been here. Taylor wouldn't have been here. Something to think about. I mean, isn't that where the rubber meets the road? It's just, it's just common sense. So, in each inquiry, we did not have to dig for facts. Information on the relationship between witchcraft and abortion industry was offered with little resistance. This is from Patricia Baird Wendell, founder and owner of Aware Woman Center for Choice. For choice, the choice to kill your baby. Abortion clinics. Here's what she said, quote, You practice your religion and let me practice mine. My religion is a holy ritual child sacrifice. Isn't it pretty? She's not pulling any punches. She's admitting it. She's a witch and she owns an abortion clinic. Her religion is holy ritual child sacrifice. They can legally murder babies in the womb and they can practice their religion and nobody ever takes them to jail. But hell is going to burn so hot for these people. I pray to God that it would be possible their souls be saved. I really do. But I tell you what, you talk about being given over to a reprobate mind. On August 4th, 1992, two employees of this AWARE Women's Abortion Clinic, Veronica Jordan and Rebecca Morse, registered a non-profit religious corporation known as the Wiccan of White Witchcraft Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida. The stated purpose of the WRCF is to provide an umbrella organization for Covens throughout the state of Florida. The incorporation papers list two abortion clinic employees as directors in the Wiccan organization. Shortly after the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida was founded, Carol Ebbing, another Aware Woman abortion clinic employee, ordered the book, quote, The Sacrament of Abortion. You know how the Catholic Church has the The seven sacraments and all this stuff? Well, this book was entitled The Sacrament of Abortion. The book, authored by Gannette Paris, who is a witch in France, presents abortion as, quote, a sacred act. Paris calls abortion a, quote, sacrifice to Artemis, the the fallen angel devil Artemis, a sacrifice to Artemis who refuses to give life if the gift is, quote, not pure. That is, the innocent or the preborn life. In other words, if Artemis deems that your baby's not pure enough, she won't give it life, so just go ahead and abort it. Artemis doesn't give life. The devil doesn't give life. Satan doesn't give life. All he can offer you is death and hell and defilement. So she's got it all messed up. God's the one that gives life. When I go to these abortion clinics and I would pray, I will literally specifically come against spirits like this. Artemis, Moloch, Lilith, Chemosh, all the deities of child sacrifice presented not only in the Old Testament, but modern day. Come against them in the name of Jesus Christ. This is an abomination from the pit of hell. Deuteronomy eighteen nine through 10 says, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. My comment, pass through the fire. This section of scripture contains stern admonitions against any indulgence in sorcery. Notice how child sacrifice and witchcraft are intrically linked. And here we have absolute proof where witches and people, women that own the abortion clinics, are one and the same. Now, if you want to hear this, this whole teaching, it's, uh, I believe it's called Massacre of Innocence, or, uh, just, you'd you in Scott Johnson Abortion on YouTube, or you'd go up and you could find it on the archive section at contendingfortruth.com. The section of scripture that we just quoted contains stern admonitions against the indulgence of sorcery. The context indicates that the offering of a child is for the particular purpose, the offering or the sacrifice of a child is for the particular purpose of determining or discerning the course of events. They would sacrifice their children for sometimes just discerning events. Like, I want to know the future about this. I'll, I'll sacrifice my child. Man alive, you know, the, the Bible talks about that there'll be unnatural uh, affection and, and, and the love of many will grow cold and regarding the end times. And I think this is just proof of this. Because even then, they weren't practicing wholesale baby killing like we are today. I don't believe that, although they may, there may have been a sect of the population that did this, I don't believe it was the percentage that is doing it now. The context indicates that the offering of a child is for the particular purpose of determining or discerning the course of events. Having your son or daughter pass through the fire is another way of saying child sacrifice. Then it was typically done openly to the false god of Molech to secure a financial blessing. The Phoenicians and the Carthaginians sacrificed their children, to the false god of Kronos in times of grave danger or calamity. Can you imagine you've got great danger calamity? The first thing that pops to your mind, well, we've got to kill our kids. That'd be the last thing coming to my mind. I'd be thinking, how do I protect them in the name of Jesus Christ? Not how do I kill them? I mean, you talk about self-centered. Whereas now, this procedure, whereas before it's done openly, to Kronos, Moloch, Chemosh, Artemis, whatever. But see, now it's done in secret while the baby's still in the womb. Usually to the equally false god of self. And now it's called abortion. More palatable. It's done in the darkness of the womb. Now you can take that, that uh, what's it called, the R486 pill. RU486, the morning after pill. Just kill it that way. Kill the baby that way. How sickening. I believe that that's one of the largest abominations before God that's going on right now, and there's very few things that would even compare with child sacrifice. Because you look in the Bible, what were always the things that brought God's most stern judgment on the world? Child sacrifice, and when the Sodomites and the gays had taken over. Sodom and Gomorrah, you got fire and brimstone raining down on those cities and the cities around that. They had all been given over to strange flesh. And then child sacrifice. And there's times in the Bible, in Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah 11, and Jeremiah 14, where when they do these things, and in this case it was the Israelites, and they were sacrificing their their children, they were letting them pass through the fire, and yet they were still going to the temple. God gets to a point where he says, don't even bother praying for them anymore, because I won't hear your prayer anymore. You get to a point where you just cross the line with God, and and you're damned. You're going to go to hell. Your conscience has been seared to hot iron. You're not going to repent. You, the Holy Spirit's not even there to bear witness anymore, and you're done. Don't let yourself get in that position in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't let it come to that, because it can. Because if you keep putting it off, getting saved, it would be. A, you'll eventually get to a point where you can't get saved anymore. Most likely. It's surely something you don't want to take a chance on. You go up to uh, YouTube, you can Scott Johnson and the Salvation... Hear my teaching on salvation. I'll walk you all the way through it. Hopefully there'll be no doubts after you get done hearing that that teaching about this. We'll settle it. I pray to God, Anybody listening to this who's not saved, that they get saved, they get convicted. Ultimately, I pray that that's the ultimate goal of this ministry. This next article uh, is just a recommendation from one of my listeners. It's about an orphanage he works with in Uganda. And it starts out by saying, 520 kids will die today just in this one country. Uh, Hello all, you've been blessed. I want to bless other people in need. Here's a worthy cause. I've always been leery of supporting mission charities because I wondered if the money really got where it was supposed to go. See, this is the reason I recommend very few ministries because I just don't have the time to fly over the world and check them out like they should be checked out. Anyway, I'm on the team of volunteers that helps raise funds for an orphanage in Uganda. It's a very small operation consisting of only volunteers. We have no fancy corporate sponsors or big advertising budget. We and these kids depend solely on indi- individual people who f- feel led to help. Child sponsorships are available for $35 per month, and any other regular donation amounts are welcome and needed. Since I am part of the team, I can assure you that every dollar is accounted for and used wisely. Now, he's been on my email list, longtime listener, you know, and I'm, 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 I felt led to le- read this. Uh, you can go to the website, and I, I have the website on the PDF. It's supporthopeafrica.org. www.support.org. Hope, H-O-P-E Africa dot O-R-G, one word. Uh, If you're to to donate money online within 24 to 40 hours, your money is literally buying food for a homeless child on the other side of the world. Then he put up a video you can watch up on YouTube for a summary of it. If every American Christian chipped in $8, all 8 million people who were starved this year could be well fed. If we chipped in 18 everyone would everyone actually could have a Bible. What could we do if we cut out $50 to $100 a month on waste and invested in it in worthy causes? If we just can't afford it, how about free prayers to help others? Think about it, then do something about it. Thank you for listening, Frank Bass. So I give you all that information here in the... Uh, I gave you the website just then, so... Um, it's something that I, I went and checked it out. looked looked great. So praise the Lord. I mean... Uh, I just am very, very leery about, you know, you see the 700 Club and a lot of these other really totally apostate ministries, and they're saying they're doing this and they're doing that. I just can't in good conscience give money to some 501c3 institution, and most of them are giving you a false gospel anyway. So, it's one of the reasons that you don't hear me recommend a lot of these ministries. The uh, afflicted Bible missions, the one that has the um, missions to the Ukrainian children, that's a good one. That's non-501c3, and uh, it's Charles Manus, that's another excellent one. And I'm sure there's tons of them. Um, but those are just the two ones I would say at this point for, that I've had uh, a good feeling about. And personal, He's had the personal experience with that one. I've had more experience with the other. Uh, last article is, DNA in your body would reach to the sun and back 70 times. This is by Don Boyce, Ph.D., um, who I know personally, and he's taken a real hard stance on a lot of very biblical issues and... Um, His websites are cstnews.com and www.muslimfact.com, and I give you those links at the bottom of this PDF. Dr. James A. Shapiro, a bacterial geneticist at the University of Chicago, and one of the leading researchers in the field, said a cell under stress will splice its own DNA into over 100,000 pieces. Then a program senses hundreds of variables in the environment and then rearranges those pieces to produce a new, better evolved cell. Please read that again. Absolutely astounding. Moreover, all that happened by accident. However, only a closed minded fool or dedicated follower of the religion of evolution believes such balderdash, meaning that this all happens by accident. And yet, supposedly, we evolved, you know, from the primordial green slime, you know, a billion and a half years ago formed some two-cell amoeba out of muck that eventually evolved into some kind of fish thing, and he kind of crawled on land in some kind of amphibian form, and he eventually turned into a turtle, and then, I don't know, a parakeet, and then who knows what else, and he evolved into Mr. Monkey Man, and then the Neanderthal Man, and then Mr. Piltdown Man, and, you know, eventually into us. It sounds plausible to me. I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, I'm sold. Where do I sign up? It's just like the Big Bang Theory. You know Where did the rock come from then, and then that all happened, and it all happened by chance. It's absolutely the most asinine bunch of garbage I've ever heard. And asinine is not a bad word for anybody out there. It's a word in the English vocabulary, it's not a cuss word. So, anyway, um, all scientists admit that DNA is an informational code. It would have to be in order to accomplish what it does. However, creationists insist on knowing where the information came from. How does DNA know to do the above? In other words, what we just described. Professional, professor Richard Dawkins did a television interview where he was asked about how information originated, and he looked to his upper right and then to his upper left, and then he licked his lips, and then he looked at the camera. Then the interviewer, and then by this time everyone was in visible discomfort. It was like one of those really uncomfortable pregnant pauses, in other words. Here was the number one atheist in the world without an answer, for the interviewer. And by this time, even I was feeling sorry for his discomfort. Here was... um, Okay, so finally he told them to turn off the camera and then after an unknown period of time he came up with an irrelevant answer to give the impression to the stupid that he had been given the answer to the question. If that happened to me, I would be ashamed to show my face in public again. I sure would not go back on television. All he had to say was that God had placed all necessary information in our DNA. But again, his God is Satan, so we're not dealing with the same one. He was an atheist. How can he even say he believes in God? He doesn't believe in God. He's an atheist. Isn't that a double standard? You know. So the question originally was, how does the DNA know how to do the above? In other words, splice into 100,000 pieces and rearrange itself so it's stronger in the end than it was in the beginning. How could it do that? Richard Dawkins. Well, he didn't have an answer. Each adult human body has 6.5 feet lengths of DNA strand in each cell. Cell. And if all your DNA could be bunched up, it would fit into a cube about the size of an ice cube. Then, if all the strands in a human body could be strung together, it would stretch from the earth to the sun and back 70 times. To the earth and sun and back? Not just to the earth and the moon, but to the earth and the sun 70 times. 70 times just in one human body. Yes, I double-checked it. The length of a human DNA molecule, um, he checked it from the physics fact book edited by Glenn L. Ellert. So this isn't something that just pipe dream. Please remember that the mean distance from the Earth to the Sun is 93 million miles. Those DNA strands are composed of information about your body, and it happened all by chance? I don't think so. We're, um, you know, we're... That Bible verse that, that talks about how we're wonderfully and gloriously, type, you know, how we're made. You know, we're, it's unbelievable how complex our systems are. Just the eyeball itself. And the fact that here we are and we've got this environment that is suitable for our um, habitation. The gravity's the right way. We have the right tilt on the earth so there's seasons, so that crops can be produced. The moon's not too close to the Earth, so the tides aren't too high. But yet, there is an Earth, uh, there is a moon there, so there are tides, which have a lot to do with a lot of different things. There's just so many things we just take for granted that actually enable human life. When God-hating evolutionists dig up a crude tool in the strata, they assume it was made by intelligent life. And if yet yeah, we we were to receive radio signals from outer space, we would assume they came from intelligent life. But atheists refuse to recognize. The intelligent information in DNA came from a designer. DNA is a code book and all books have an author. However, atheists still assert, affirm, and argue that God had no part in creation simply by accident, but intelligent information cannot happen by accident. DNA and the whole universe scream design, but that is anathema if one is trying to hide from the designer. Author Perry Marshall affirmed, Number one, DNA is not merely a molecule within a pattern. It is a code, a language, an information storage mechanism. All codes are created by a conscious mind, and there is no natural process known to science that creates coded information, particularly by chance. Therefore, DNA was designed by a complex, complex mind, Marshall added. Information theory and DNA deal is a crushing blow to atheism. Because the laws of physics and chemistry do not account for the existence of this information. And Marshall is right on target. So, again, his two websites are at the bottom, and he even gives his phone number there if you want to uh, call him. And again, what have I been saying over and over and over again? It's all about the DNA. And this is just another article proving how unbelievable the DNA is that God put within us. Couldn't happen by chance. Totally impossible. So what are the other... Options. Well, we've got the ancient astronaut theory, where these little alien buggers came to the earth a long, long, long time ago, and they seeded the planet with humanity. And uh, unfortunately, this is what intelligent design is literally based on at the highest levels. But a lot of people that are creationists and Christians don't understand the core roots of intelligent design, which is really deism. If you really study it, I've done teachings on intelligent design that you can access. Intelligent design is not what it's represented to be. Creationism is where we need to stand firm, okay? And there's a lot of good organizations out there that do a great job of defending creationism, and um, uh, it's just something that we can we can tap into, we can access, and it totally it's so easy to debunk evolution. Particularly when you stand on the solid facts that a lot of these ministries do present. So anyway, that's the teachings for today. I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, for letting us come together again, Lord, to present another teaching. Pray, Lord God, that your word and your truth would go forth with power and boldness and might, that many would be saved, that your name would be glorified, wherever your word or your truth is being preached worldwide, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, Lord God, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, we praise you, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.